0: It's December 27th, 2021, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, could a new consumer probe blunt the rise of buy now, pay later? Nordstrom is looking to split off its off-price rack business. McDonald's sells software provider Dynamic Yield to MasterCard in warning to both retailers and technology companies. Shopify board adds Instacart CEO Fiji Simo what's the plan here? And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Could Consumer Prove blunt the rise of buy now, pay later? We have rightly covered the rise of buy now, pay later on this podcast. It's one of the hottest trends in direct-to-consumer e-com because it's increasingly being used by younger generations and those who are not able to readily get credit. So the world took notice recently when the Consumer Financial Protection Board announced an inquiry in order to gather information and facts about the industry from players, Affirm, Afterpay, PayPal, Zip, and Klarna. First, in the short term, this is not a factor for merchants and the average brand should not do anything differently if consumers are responding to it. If it's on your website, keep it there. And if you're still evaluating, there's nothing should be changing your plans here. Second, because this is only an inquiry, even if there are findings, the government would then need to legislate to make something happen, or some lawsuit would need to indicate that these industries are subject to similar laws as credit card companies. My take? It seems to me that half of the products in e-commerce now are some form of credit or loan product, It's hard not to imagine that one segment of the industry would escape the same regulations as the credit card industry, which has had consumer regulations for some time now. I still predict that the industry will continue to grow through next year as many new consumers try out the new format for the first time, which is likely what prompted this inquiry in the first place. Our second story. Nordstrom is looking to split off its off-price rack business. As we struggle to exit the pandemic, one thing has seemed true of Nordstrom's. The main retail business has rebounded, but the off-price business Nordstrom Rack has struggled and now the retailer is starting to wonder, do we even need to operate our own off-price business anymore? And what is now a variable trend of retail breakups, the company has hired consulting firm Alex Partners, yes, the same Alex Partners that Saks and Macy's are using to study its supply chain, profitability, As well as the fit of the off price business overall. Nordstrom Rack, while beloved by some consumers, always seems something like a double edged sword for a company that always prided itself on great service. The typical Nordstrom Rack consumer is more mainstream American than the average Nordstrom shopper. On the other hand, the primary Nordstrom shopper might get tempted by the Rack offering in order to get a higher discount on some items that were just in the main department store only a few months earlier. For years, Nordstrom has said that the rack customers trade up to its full price offering, and so the play seemed to be consumer acquisition. The big challenge is can Nordstroms come up with another acquisition strategy which doesn't rely on cheapening its brand. The next question is who is the acquirer for Nordstrom Rack, and the obvious answer is someone who can operate off price already. More than likely, someone like TJ Maxx or Macy's. Despite the fact that Macy's doesn't call itself off price, they routinely operate at forty percent off retail. And on top of that, have Macy's backstage business and Off Fifth, which has recently presented as critical in Macy's often changing Polaris strategy. Of course, TJ Maxx is a king of off price, buying from most retailers on the planet, which means they have more leverage to offer a better experience. So what will happen next? I do think this Nordstrom Rack sale is likely to happen. The brand dilution by having Nordstrom brand associated with off price never made a ton of sense to me, And I expect that the company will fill the gap in consumer exposure with the addition of new smaller format stores. Our third story. McDonald's sells software provider Dynamic Yield to MasterCard in warning to both retailers and technology companies. In an interesting admission that it probably should never acquire a technology company, McDonald's sold its Dynamic Yield personalization technology solution to MasterCard. At one point, Dynamic Yield was known as one of the top personalization solutions on the market. Since the acquisition by McDonald's, however, it never seemed like the same company. This has lessons on both sides. Let's talk about retailers for a moment. Retailers sometimes get this disease where they see an important technology and executives feel like they need to own it because it provides some kind of competitive advantage. The problem is, Many of these solutions are just looking for a liquidity event. Let's be honest, there's a reason between 70 and 90% of acquisitions fail. It's because of the lack of an alignment between employees being acquired and the acquirer. On the other side, you have MasterCard, which contains about 25% of credit card market share in a credit card industry, which could be under pressure in the next decade due to the rise of debit as well as cryptocurrency. This means that the company could be looking to expand its service offerings in the retail sector. The other major trend you see with payment solutions is that many brands view them as ways to drive free eyeballs to their website. MasterCard and American Express routinely work with brands on guaranteed marketing promotions in exchange for placement or commitments. Personalization of price and offer is at the heart of a great marketing promotion, so it's not hard to see how MasterCard might benefit from the technology, and they are likely getting a good price for it to boot. So to MasterCard, I hope you're not making the same mistake McDonald's just did why not just select the best-in-breed vendor and use that as a partnership? And finally, to McDonald's and other retailers who acquire technology companies, please think twice before doing this and understand what you are buying. Ultimately, it's highly entrepreneurial talent, which is likely not a fit for the culture of many large retailers. Any retailer looking at its corporate development roadmap would be wise to think about two factors. First, the fit with its existing customer base. And second, the fit with the newly acquired employees. Asking the wrong questions during M&A activity will often land you in hot water. And our last story. Shopify board of directors adds Instacart CEO Fiji Simo. What's the plan here? In the last week, Shopify added Instacart CEO Fiji Simo to their board of directors. The timing here is very strange and there has been a lot of speculation about what this means. Let's review the various options. First, this move could mean Shopify is going to partner with Instacart and tie it into its e-commerce platform. This is where most people jump to, but I don't buy it. Why wouldn't Shopify add all the platforms like Uber Eats or DoorDash too? DoorDash in particular seems like it's in a much better position right now than Instacart. Strategically, it would be a mistake for Shopify as this could be a big distraction. On the other hand, I do think that Shopify needs to partner rather than build for its supply chain solution, which is one possibility. Second, this move could simply be a soft landing pad for Fiji This theory states that this partnership is more about Fiji Simo setting up a soft landing spot for herself after Instacart explodes than it is about helping either of the two companies. In all fairness to Fiji Simo, she inherited a troubled company and always seemed like an odd pick for Instacart which already had a significant amount of advertising and app talent. Right now, DoorDash is eating their strategic lunch and Instacart is not showing any signs of riding the ship. I would call this a strong possibility and the most likely of the options. Third, this could be about using Fijicimo's expertise in advertising and app engagement to help Shopify. I think the idea might be that Simo is there to spur innovative thinking with regards to what could be possible to improve shop app engagement short of building a marketplace. The timing of this is also suspicious given the recent departure of Carolyn Everson, the president of Instacart. I suspect that likely both of them are not happy with what they've gotten themselves into. And while Carolyn chose to leave, Fiji Simo is expanding her scope and using her current CEO role as a way to set the stage for her next act. I would simply be shocked if Fiji Simo was the CEO of Instacart in even two years time at this rate. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, operations software company Cogsy amounts a $6 million seed round led by Excel Partners. The company claims to be a solution for all those brands who use Google Sheets to do things like measure their operational metrics, including purchase order forecasting and inventory sell-through. Second, Direct-to-consumer baby food startup Yummy raised $67 million in venture capital in order to provide healthier meal options for infants and toddlers. It's a big market dominated by even bigger incumbents, so getting distribution will likely be their biggest challenge. Third, Brightpearl, an ERP provider for SMB and mid-market brands, was recently acquired by UK financial software provider Sage. This tie-up makes a lot of sense given the roots of both companies, and there are a lot of synergies here. Will it work long-term is the question. In the US, QuickBooks tried something similar acquiring other e-commerce back-office software that they have since shut down. Fourth, post-sale purchase provider software Narvar acquired Lumi, which is kind of a packaging provider for brands. I can understand kind of the idea of wanting to offer solutions for the entire post-sale experience, but the fit is still a little questionable in my mind. And finally... Quick delivery provider GoPuff just raised $1.5 billion in a funding round that raises them to a $40 billion valuation. Interestingly, this is the same number that Instacart attained earlier this year, but unlike Instacart, GoPuff seems to know who they are. Their big challenge is no one else seems to know who they are either. Their big challenge is that consumers don't really know who they are. So personally, I expect them to acquire a nationwide retailer in 2022. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.